Today, we're going to be continuing uh, in the series that we started last week called Everyday Jesus, Every Day. Uh, and it's a look at what our everyday lives could and should look like if we lived out the teachings of Jesus on a daily basis. You know, I look out and I see, you know, a lot of us are church people, right? Grew up in church maybe or been around uh, for a while, uh, read our Bibles, listen to what the preacher says on Sunday morning and we know that Jesus taught us things like, don't be afraid, right? Trust God, have faith, seek wisdom, love each other, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Um, all those things, the teachings that we've heard over the years, and in this series we ask the question, how do I do that? Right? Sounds like, sounds great, but how do I do that and what does that look like in my life every day? Uh, last week, we started with the instruction that Jesus gave to love others, right? And we talked about how to love people every day and what that looks like in our lives. And so if you were here last week, what were the four words we talked about using to show love to people on an everyday basis? You don't, you, you don't get to say it because you're, you're, what were the four words? Just shout it out. Pastor's not up here this morning, so you can just be a little crazy. Shout it out. How can I help? Right, there you go. I know, I know you knew it, all right? How can I help? And I hope uh, that you found uh, at least one opportunity last week to use those four words to show love to somebody, to get involved and engage uh, in the needs uh, of another person, maybe your neighbor, maybe somebody at work, maybe even just your spouse, to show love to that person. Today, we're talking about how we can fight fear on a daily basis, or put another way, what does courage look like in our lives every day? Uh, do not fear, be not afraid, is probably one of the most, if not the most, often repeated in instruction in Scripture. Uh, in fact, if you use the uh, Uversion app, which I do, and you get a little daily reminder uh, on your devotional, uh, the Scripture of the day yesterday was Isaiah 41, 13. I didn't even plan this this way, right? Uh, and it says, I hold you by your right hand, I, the Lord your God, and I say to you, don't be afraid. I am here to help you. Those are really, uh, really encouraging words, right? I mean, I don't want to be afraid. I want to walk through life with courage and with confidence. I mean, fear sucks the joy out of your life. It robs you of special moments with your family. It takes away your peace, takes away your sleep. It's a miserable, miserable thing. But the fact is, I don't wanna be afraid, but I am afraid on a daily basis. I'm afraid of all kinds of things. I'm afraid of failing at work. I'm afraid of failing at home. I'm afraid that I'll make a decision that hurts people that I care about. I could go on, but then you'd know way too much about me. Uh, and you're scared of something too, right? I mean, we're all scared. The toughest person in this room is scared of something. So how do we fight fear? How do we follow that often repeated instruction in God's word of do not be afraid? Well, to answer that question, we're gonna look at one of my favorite passages from the Old Testament. And it's found 
in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, and we're going to read it together, and there's a lot to it, and we're going to move fast. So Dave, be ready back there, man, because we're going to be chomping through those uh, scripture verses, but I think it's important to get the whole story, and then we're going to talk about it. So 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1, after this, the armies of the Moabites and the Ammonites and some of the Munites declared war on Jehoshaphat. Now, a side note here, right? And I know I said I was going to go fast. I'm sorry. We are going to go fast. The Moabites and the Ammonites are probably both descendants of Abraham's nephew, Lot. Okay? And if you want to go back and read that story about how those people came to be, it's not a pleasant story. Uh, And it it shows you a little bit about the far-reaching consequences of sin. But nevertheless, now these people are coming after the kingdom uh, of Israel. There's actually three armies together. Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They are already at Hazazon tomorrow. With that, this was another name for En Gedi. We've talked about the wilderness of En Gedi in here before, if you uh, were here for our discussions about King David. Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army from Edom is marching against you. Verse 3, Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news and begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. So people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord, and he prayed, O Lord, God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. O our God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people Israel arrived? And did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Your people settled here and built this temple to honor your name. And they said, Whenever we are faced with any calamity, such as war, plague, or famine, we can come to stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us, and you will hear us and rescue us. And now see what the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir are doing. You would not let our ancestors invade those nations when Israel left Egypt. So they went around them and did not destroy them. And that's true. God gave the lands of many peoples to the kingdom of Israel, but he did not give the lands of the Moabites and the Ammonites. Now see how they reward us. Look, God, see what happened? You didn't let us go in, now look what's happening. See how they reward us, for they have come to throw us out of your land, which you gave us as an inheritance. Oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. As all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives, and children, the Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. His name was Josiel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaniah, son of Jael, son of Mattaniah, a Levite who was a descendant of Asaph. He said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, listen, King Jehoshaphat, this is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. There's that instruction again that we see so often. Do not be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march out against them. You will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens in the wilderness of Jeriel. But you will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. 
Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Then King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites from the clans of Kohath and Korah stood to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud shout. Early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, Listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. And this is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. We've sang that song here many times. At the very moment they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting amongst themselves. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. After they had destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemies had escaped. King Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather the plunder, and they found vast amounts of equipment, clothing, and other valuables, more than they could carry. There was so much plunder that it took them three days just to collect it all. On the fourth day, they gathered in the valley of Baraka, which is the Valley of Blessing, which got its name that day because the people praised and thanked the Lord there, and it is called the Valley of Blessing today. Then all the men returned to Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat leading them, overjoyed that the Lord had given them victory over their enemies. They marched into Jerusalem to the music of harps, lyres, and trumpets, and they proceeded to the temple of the Lord. When all the surrounding kingdoms heard that the Lord himself had fought against the enemies of Israel, the fear of God overcame them. Last verse. So Jehoshaphat, King Jehoshaphat's kingdom was at peace, for his God had given him rest on every side. Here's what Jehoshaphat and this great battle that didn't happen teaches us about how to fight fear. Fear has to be acknowledged and confronted. You know, uh, when Jehoshaphat gets the news that this massive army is on its way, the New Living Translation says, he's terrified. Now, you may have a translation that says something slightly different, alarmed, shaken, fearful. He was shook, right? He is overtaken by fear. And, and why is this? Right? Because the fiercest fighters in the region have combined forces, Israel's greatest enemies, together to wipe his people off the planet. And that's their intent. And you know, Fear can be paralyzing, especially when we don't know how to deal with it or the situation seems hopeless. Sometimes that paralysis can cause us to go into a state of denial where we ignore the source of the fear and we just try to think about something else, right? Uh, and that works for a little while, right? Ignoring the situation, ignoring the fear, uh, but it always creeps back in on you eventually. Usually it, it creeps back in about 2 a.m. is my experience uh, with that. Um, in, to me, it's a little bit like ignoring the, uh, the clanking noise in your car. Uh, you can, uh, I've done this before and you have too, driven around, 
heard the clanking noise, uh, ignored it, hoped it would go away. You know, you kind of had that feeling you hope the, your car will magically heal itself and you won't have to deal with whatever the repair bill is going to be. Um, but it doesn't go away and it won't go away. In fact, the more you ignore it, the worse the problem becomes, right? It's a subtle thing in this passage, but don't miss it, right? Jehoshaphat is overwhelmed with fear, but he doesn't ignore it and hope the situation will just work itself out. He takes action. Uh, By the way, sometimes when you confront your fear, you pretty quickly realize uh, that there's actually no monster underneath your bed, right? Uh, But you'll never know it until you take a peek underneath the bed. And I think that's something that we all can relate to, right? You know, sometimes you're just, you think there's something out there to fear, you think there's something out there that's gonna harm you, and so you just ignore it. And it's just the anticipation of this horrible thing that makes you miserable. Sometimes you just need to go ahead and take a peek underneath the bed and see that there's nothing there. The first step to fighting fear is acknowledging its presence and taking action to confront it. And the first action that the king takes here is an action that we should all take. He begs God for guidance, right? He acknowledges that the fear is there. And he says, God help me. Uh, The Bible doesn't tell us exactly what he said to God, but it's probably a pretty straightforward, honest, brief cry for help. And if you're fighting fear right now, you're fighting fear in the future, and you will, sorry. Uh, Here's a prayer for guidance that you can pray, right? God, I'm scared of, you fill in the blank. I don't want to ignore it, but I don't know how to deal with it. Show me what to do. God, I'm scared of failure. I don't want to ignore it, but I don't know how to deal with it. Show me what to do. Cry out to God for help. The next thing that the king does is that he turns to the community of people that God has put around him, right? Jehoshaphat asks God for guidance, but then he immediately gets other people involved. Verse three and four tell us that the king got the entire community of Jerusalem and the surrounding towns fasting and praying seeking God's help. If you want to fight fear effectively, you can't do it by yourself. You have to have a community of people to fight with you. People who will share your burden and pray for you and with you for God's help. Now, I have a great community around me. I have a great family, right? Uh, I have a great church. I have a great house group. And and if you're not involved in a community of people where you can share your fears and your burdens, to have people pray for you but help you, and physically help you, you're missing out. You need to rely on the community of people that God has given you. The next thing that we see 
uh, in this story is that when he gets everybody together, uh, he, he he assembles them in Jerusalem, he prays this amazing prayer. And this is back in verse six. He prayed, O Lord, God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. O our God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people Israel arrived? And, and did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Your people settled here and built this temple to honor your name. They said, whenever we are faced with any calamity, such as war, plague, or famine, we can come to stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. And we can cry out to you to save us, and you will hear us and rescue us. Jehoshaphat and his people, his community that God placed around him and with him, acknowledge together that God is the creator and the ruler of the earth. We have to acknowledge the power of God. And then they acknowledge what God had done for them in the past, right? They remembered, hey, God, when we crossed over Jordan, you defeated all the enemies in front of us. Remember how scared we were back then? Right? Remember how it seemed impossible? Remember what that was like? How about, how about you? You remember that time uh, when you thought your life was over with? Right? When you thought you'd screwed up so bad that nothing would fix it? Remember that time when you thought that you'd failed at work or with your children and nothing would ever be right again? Remember the fear that you felt? Remember how God dealt with you then? And however that happened, you're here today, still standing, maybe even thriving. Or maybe you'll be thriving soon. We have real short memories. We forget how God has, helped, has held us up in the past, or we think that this time is somehow different, right? That it's too hard for God, or that we, you know, God's gonna say, well, this time it's you, it's on you, Right? This time, you're the one who screwed up. You should have known better. You should have done better. If you want the strength to fight fear, you can find it by remembering who your God is and what he has done for you in the past. And then acknowledge your dependence on him. In verse 12, King concludes his prayer with these words. Oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army. Nothing I can do, God. Nothing I can do. We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. I think some translations, uh, it says, we don't know what to do, God, but our eyes are on you. There is a peace that comes in acknowledging your complete dependence on God. Right? When you say, I can't fix it, I can't stop it, I can't make it right. I got nothing on my own. There's no plan that I can come up with on my own that's gonna fix this. But I know you can, God, please help. You can find peace when you release the burden of self-reliance, right? When you, with this feeling that, hey, it's all on me. I've gotta be smart enough, good enough, work harder, 
When you release the burden of self-reliance, you find the strength that you need to fight fear. Acknowledge your dependence on God. In verse 14, the Bible tells us that the king prayed and the spirit of the Lord comes down and descends on this man, not necessarily a prophet, but just a guy, right? Just a guy there in the crowd. Um, and the, the guy tells the people, I'll just summarize for you, don't be afraid. God's gonna win the battle for you tomorrow. Get up and march out against them, and hey, you won't even have to fight. It's all good, right? And to this point, there's no indication that, that, that uh, Jehoshaphat believed that going out to fight was even a serious option, right? I mean, it just wasn't even, it wasn't even, I mean, there were some things that were, were options, I would imagine. Uh, just get behind the walls of the city and hunker down, right? Try to see if you could wait out a siege that was surely gonna come. Uh, they could have run out the back. But going out to fight wasn't an option because the, the, the force that was coming against them was too great. I mean, the king acknowledged it in his prayer. Right? And when he's praying, he says, God, the, the army's too great for us. I mean, there was no, I mean, there wasn't any, they weren't convening, you know, round table military strategy sessions here to figure out what they were going to do because there was nothing to do. There was nothing to do. Now, they got a plan. Right? Um, the plan is, we're going to, March out and meet this colossal army tomorrow. And this guy says, God says everything's going to be fine. In fact, you won't even have to fight. Now, you know, the Bible doesn't give us all the details of what happened here. But they, there's a night between this, this, you know, this word from God and then what happened the next day, right? There's this night in between there. And if I'm one of the guys that's going to march out the next day, there's some thoughts running through my mind, you know, like, um, I wonder if this guy that was giving us the word from God really just had like bad pizza, you know, I mean, maybe he doesn't know what he thought. Maybe he didn't get a word from God. Um, I would be thinking, Hey, why do we even need to march out? Right? I mean, God is God. Can he just like kill these people like dead right now? And just let us know, like have that same guy tell us, hey, they're all dead. Why do we need to march out, right? That doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, I'm losing a lot of sleep. I mean, I'm, but I'm, I'm kind of a worrier, so maybe you guys wouldn't, but uh, I would. If I'm fixing to go out and put my life on the line, um, I, don't, I would imagine there were a lot of guys that didn't sleep well that night who were scared of what was going to happen the next day. And, and if you don't get anything else this morning, you know, I, I want you to get this next step. Because um, I think this is, the, this is the critical, like, everyday part of fighting fear. This is, the, this is the way that courage shows up in our lives on an everyday basis. The next morning, they get out of bed or off the ground or wherever it was that they were sleeping. They put one foot in front of the other and they move forward. Um, just like love, courage is not a feeling, right? I mean, um, if you're laying in bed in the morning, reading your Bible, hoping for some magical feeling to come over you uh, that will take away all your fear, 
and you're gonna walk through life like you got this force field around you and you feel good all the time, it's not gonna happen, right? That's not how God works. That's not how God matures us and makes us into the men and women he wants us to be. I wish it was sometimes. I wish I felt good, right? I wish when the fear welled up inside of me, I could just read a Bible verse or pray a prayer and everything feels great and I have this peace and I can go face whatever I need to face. If you want to fight fear, sometimes you have to get up, right? Put one foot in front of the other and move forward regardless of how you feel towards a situation that's troubling you. You're not going to feel courage right away. Probably. These guys got up the next day and they moved forward. I mean, they had God's promise of victory, right? Uh, but the victory hadn't happened yet. And they get up and they move forward, but they're not just trudging along. And this is important too. In verse 21, we see that Jehoshaphat had singers that went out before the army and they were singing this, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. So with each step, they're moving forward towards, towards uncertainty, frankly. I mean, I don't, think, I don't think you had all these guys that were there going, ah, God's given us a victory. We just gotta walk out there, no big deal, not afraid at all. No, one step, one foot in front of the other, but they're giving thanks to God with each step of the way. So sometimes you get up, you move forward, but as you move forward, even though you don't feel good, right? With each step, each part of your day, find something to be thankful to God for. Thank him for your spouse. Thank him for all the people that love you, for your job and the way that God uses it to provide for your family, that you have a house to go home to tonight. Some people don't. And thank God for the eternal salvation that he has made available to you and me. Write it down if you have to, right? Write it down, what you're thankful for. And I've said this before, standing right up here. Gratitude, thankfulness, is one of the most effective antidotes that you can have to fear. It's kind of hard to be scared when you're just thanking God for everything that he's done for you as you walk forward along the way. Also pretty effective for a lot of other things that you might be dealing with, anger, depression, Gratitude is a cure for a lot of things. We see in verse 22 that when they march forward towards a battle with songs of thanksgiving, God causes the three armies that have joined forces to start fighting amongst themselves. All right, and this is, this is key. Uh, and this is verse 22. At the very moment, at the very moment they began to sing and give praise the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting amongst themselves. Um, hadn't happened yet. They moved forward with thanksgiving, and that's when God acted to bring rescue, to bring salvation. By the time they reached the battlefield, the enemy was defeated. And, and more than that, there was so much clothing and weapons and things of value that it took them three days to collect it all. 
so not only was the battle won just like God said, but there was an even greater blessing than they had imagined. In fact, the Bible tells us the valley where it all happened was called the Valley of Baraka, Baraka, however you want to pronounce it, which means the Valley of Blessing. Uh, I, you know, I don't know what fear you're dealing with today. Like I said before, we all have something. Maybe it's a financial fear, right? Maybe it's a fear uh, that relates to a relationship, fear of loneliness, fear of failure. I don't know what you're dealing with today, but I, what, I, what I can relate to is the crushing burden of it and how you miss out on all these great moments in life, right? Because you let fear rob you of the joy. Because you're so busy in your brain conjuring up all of the horrible things that might happen that you miss out on the wonderful things that are happening. Decide today, right, that you're gonna fight fear every day. That you're not gonna let it steal those things from you. If you wanna fight it, you've gotta acknowledge that it's there, right? You can't, you can't pull the covers over your head, hope things get better, hope it goes away, Hey, if I don't deal with it, maybe somehow it'll magically, you know, just like your car, it ain't gonna magically heal itself. Confront it. Ask God, beg God to guide you. Rely, find it. Hey, you got a community right here. Find a community of believers to support you in it. Remember who God is. The powerful God, the creator of the heavens and earth cares about you. Maybe you don't feel like that sometimes. He cares about you and he has, he, remember what he's done in the past for you. We, we got such short memories. Remember what he's done in the past. Acknowledge his power and your dependence on him. And then maybe the hardest part of all of it, you gotta roll out of bed some days. You gotta put your feet on the floor and you've gotta move forward. And you will, I promise you that a lot of you will not feel great all the time. But if you march out, if you meet the fear, if you trust God that what he says in his word is true, if you praise him for his goodness each step of the way, then at the end of the march, you might find yourself in the valley of blessings, a valley that you never anticipated. I mean, they weren't even sure, I, I'm telling you, they weren't even sure that, that, that the battle was really gonna be theirs, but they went out anyway. And, and then they got something they could never have expected, blessings in a material sense here that they could never, ever, ever have guessed would be there at the end after what they went through, after the fear that had overtaken them. So, I would encourage you today. Fear, by, by the way, this is such a huge topic, right? I mean, you could, you could get some guy in here and he could talk to you for weeks about fear. There are some great books written about fear. Um, uh, Louis Giglio has written a book called Goliath 
must fall. Uh, there is a book uh, by Stephen Furtick called Crash the Chatterbox, which deals with the subject of fear. It's one of my favorite books, by the way. You know, sometimes you have a book and you just have it underlined and it's on your shelf, right? And you got, I have to go back and look at some things in there from time to time that remind me about how to deal with fear. I'd be happy to point you to some, some great books uh, on that topic if you're interested. Uh, but today, I hope you will make that decision to fight fear, um, to have courage in your life every day. It's not a feeling. It's an action that you take. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We're grateful for your word and the things that you teach us in it. We know that sometimes life is difficult. We don't feel good or right, and we wonder if we'll ever feel good or right again. But I know, God, this week, <laughs> I know this week I'll be confronted with some things to test me on this, because that's the way it works. But I also believe that when I move forward, believing in you, giving thanks to you for what you've done in my life, that you will show yourself faithful to me and that I can in that way find the blessings that you have for me, the purpose that you have for me in this life. In your holy name I pray, amen. Stand with us.